Well, hi, everyone. Uh, just a, a, a quick reintroduction of the uh, episode we did with Mike Pence a, a number of months ago. Uh, as we celebrate uh, Independence Day here in the United States, and as we think about leadership, uh, you know, there's a lot uh, of discussion around that in our country today, in our communities today, in our lives today. And and we just felt that Vice President Pence uh, had such a great perspective on that and very insightful in, in the roles that he had and thought it would be good just to kind of uh, uh, remind ourselves about that, re-release it, uh, to think about it again, um, because it's you know, it, it really impacts uh, all of us. His role as, you know, from Congress to governor to vice president, you know, the perspectives, the breadth of the perspective and the way he kind of organized it, I think was very helpful. So uh, I know I've enjoyed listening to it a number of times and uh, hope you do too. We believe and have always believed in this country that man was created in the image of God, that he was given talents and responsibilities and was instructed to use them to make this world a better place in which to live. And you see, this is the really great thing of America. It's time to discover what binds us together, and finding it has the power to transform our world. That's what I believe. How about you? Hi, everyone. I'm Doug DeVos, and welcome to Believe. We have a very special uh, opportunity today uh, because we have a very special guest. We have S Vice President Mike Pence is with us uh, today, and we're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about you know, the, the different stages of leadership and, and how it's important it's so important to understand the principles of it, the practice of it, and how, how Vice President Pence has seen it through his through a lot of his career, not only as vice president, but as uh, serving in Congress and as governor of Indiana. So, Vice President Pence, thank you so much for, for joining us. We're thrilled to have this opportunity to speak with you. Uh, Doug DeVos, it is uh, great to be on Believe. Thanks for the invitation. I think you know I've been an admirer of yours. Uh, and admire of your family for so many years. And uh, I started a podcast of my own last year. So um, good to see you in the podcast world, too. All right. So you're, you're having as much fun as I am, I hope. <laughs> I'll bet I'm not. But <laughs> I, could tell, I could tell this is a labor of love for you. And I know how well it's been received. And uh, just appreciate who you are. I appreciate your faith, your character. And it's frankly very humbling to, to talk to Doug DeVos about leadership, given your career. And uh, I'd be as anxious to hear your reflections on that topic as uh, anyone that's looking in. Well, you're, you're, you're way too kind, Mr. Vice President. Uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm grateful for your comments, but we have, uh, we feel all those things about you, your leadership, what you and Karen and your family have uh, done and how you've contributed in the public square and in, in so many ways and how you've lived your life uh, very transparently. Uh, for people to see. And, and that's what we, we just want to spend a little time talking to you, hearing from you, hearing some of your stories, hearing your experiences, because for all of us our, our, in the audience here, we're trying to, we, we want to just explore different topics so we can kind of craft our own beliefs. You believe in freedom and you believe in people to be able to, to make their own decisions and that you, that you have faith in them to do that. And, and so we're trying just to explore topics so we can help craft some of our thinking and, and then guide our actions by the beliefs that, that we take. So that's what we're having some fun talking about here today. <laughs> well, it's an honor to be with you, Doug. It really is. All righty. Well, th thank you. And, and so let's let's talk about 
uh, some of these things. You know, you you have this career through your service in Congress and as governor and as the vice president. Talk to us a little bit about some of the principles of leadership that you have felt, how you would articulate them, and, and then we'd love a, f- a, a few stories about how you've brought those to life, or in some instances when you've seen others bring them to life, or maybe mm. when you've seen uh, others miss the mark. Mm. Well, I, I love I love the topic of leadership, and like like you, Doug, given the extraordinary business career that you've had. It, it really is a lifelong study. The first thing I'd say to anyone looking in is that uh, I, I, I think leadership is among the gifts that that we get from God. Uh, yeah. Some are given to teachers. Some are given to be leaders. And we each have a role to play. But uh, I'm convinced that uh, leadership can also be learned, <laughs> uh, and most notably by by studying leaders that we admire. And, and so for me, that's been a, that's been a lifelong uh, uh, effort. Uh, and, and I love reading uh, biographies. I love uh, better understanding what leaders have been through and the principles that have guided them. But, you know, for me, leadership actually begins with uh, just a solid foundation. You know, people who know me know my long since, uh, describe myself very plainly. I'm, I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And, and actually, Doug, I developed that uh, description back when I had a radio show in the 1990s because people people used to call my show, which was carried on talk radio stations here in Indiana, and on a number of Christian radio stations, they would say, you know, I, I keep listening to you, and I'm trying to figure out where you're coming from? <laughs> they would say, <laughs> you know, are you are you a Christian talk show host? Are you a libertarian? Are you a you know? And and so I I just one day it just hit me and I said I'm I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And people say, oh, and I and and so uh, throughout my life, um, the the leadership opportunities that we've had, I've tried to define them with those priorities. I think the first thing about 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 leadership is is knowing who you are, knowing what's most important in your life, and then uh, making that real. Uh, whether it be if you're leading a family, whether you're leading a business, or whether whether you have the opportunity in some way in public service uh, to lead as well. It's all it all begins with it. It all begins with. Um, I think the character of leadership and having a having a sense of where your own uh, foundation is, um, you know, I can't help but think of that uh, uh, that that Bible story of the of where Jesus speaks at the end of the Sermon on the Mount about uh, there are two homes that are built. One is one is built on sand and one is built on rock, and both of them endure. The winds blow and beat against the house. One fell with a great crash and one did not fall, and it was the one that was built on the rock. So I think starting with a foundation of, of, uh, of conviction and, and belief that's, that's heart-level belief. And then, a, a, for me, a philosophy of government, an economic philosophy, a belief, as you said earlier, in freedom, in free enterprise, in individual liberty, all of the, all the God-given liberties that the founders of this country sought to enshrine in what came to be known as our Bill of Rights. Uh, it's certainly not um, an all-inclusive list, but it covers a lot of the territory of freedom, 
Uh, and uh, and so I think I think entering into any kind of leadership role, whether you're leading a business or you're leading in public life or you're serving as my son and son-in-law do in the military, the United States, mm-hmm. having an understanding of what your standards are. And secondly, having a clear uh, philosophy about your approach. Uh, then finally, I, for me, uh, what I aspire to is servant leadership. Um, I draw that again from the old book where uh, the Nazarene saint said he came not to be served, but to serve. And it would be a Professor Greenleaf I'd recommend uh, to your viewers uh, from Indiana who wrote a book by the title of Servant Leadership many years ago. And and it is a, uh, I know it's a form of leadership that you are personally very familiar with. It's an other-centered Leadership. It's a leadership style that literally takes that foundation, takes that philosophy, but then empowers other people to be able to implement that, to be able to shine. And uh, uh, and and so for me, that's always been a guiding principle of, of leadership as well. I, I've been really blessed throughout my career as a congressman, as governor of here in Indiana, and as your vice president to to have around me men and women of great integrity and great character. But I've always sought then to, to be the kind of leader that empowers them uh, to be able to, to take on responsibility of their own and then make sure that those people get the credit for the work that they do. Um, my last thought on this just comes from another book that's not as old as the one I've been quoting, uh, but it's very well known in business circles entitled Good to Great by Jim Collins. And what's fascinating to me about that book is it certainly was a book that was not written uh, from a particular religious perspective. But if you look at it, which is a book you know well. uh, Yes. uh, But again, the title for your viewers and listeners is, is Good to Great by Jim Collins. What he did was study a number of companies that literally went from success to extraordinary success. And what he inadvertently found was a style of leadership in each company that was synonymous with what you and I would describe as servant leadership. Yeah. They, they were the kind of leaders that were other-centered. They were the kind of pe- leaders that were empowering the people around them, rewarding the people around them for succeeding. And, uh, and yet they were grounded in, in, a, in a set of philosophy of principles and a commitment to integrity that made the difference. And so I, I took that book to heart. When I became governor of Indiana, I gave every member of my cabinet a copy of Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Wow. That, thank you for that reflection. I mean, that's just it's, it's just wonderful of how, you know, when you talk about these principles, you're talking about things that are timeless. We're going back to, to the Bible. You're going back to, to the, the, the right. foundation of, of, of learning and history and, and thinking about these ideas around, you know, these ideas, if you talk about, and, and this is one thing we've seen, you know, the whole country and the world has seen, you have, there's this lovely sense of humility. You, 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 you invest into other people. You're, you're very thoughtful in how you do it. You, you have this thoughtful self-control about, uh, you know, uh, about how you think about things. And, and it comes through so wonderfully, uh, you know, every time 
you know, you're in a situation and see how you thoughtfully, uh, you know, articulate the ideas that are close to you. Have Have you ever? Thank you. Maybe Doug. maybe it's maybe it's hard to think of some of these examples. Have you ever seen some examples where people didn't do that? And maybe, if you will, what going down the other track has led to, and 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 sometimes where that has hurt. Again, you don't have to use names or, or anything like that. But if there are things where where you've seen where we can maybe draw a contrast, our audience can draw a contrast when people haven't thought about servant leadership, haven't empowered others, have tried to dominate others or, or use power in a, in, a, in a different way. How does that leadership, uh, you know, uh, stack up? How does that uh, display itself? How have you seen that? Well, a great friend of mine of many years is former Senator Dan Coates. Yeah. Um, who's also happily, I'm, uh, I note, from the state of Indiana. That's right. <laughs> Dan, Dan went on to serve in our administration with great distinction, but he was a senator. He was a congressman. Dan coined a phrase many years ago, Doug. He said that there's two kinds of people in politics, the people that are called and people that are driven. Mm. And candidly, I've been both. Um, uh, early in my career, as I, as I write about in my book that will be out later this year, I, I started out with my wife with a very sincere desire to seek public office. I was in my late 20s. Uh, but as I try and candidly reflect, I, I got caught up in a competitive, hard-punching campaign. And um, we came up short not once but twice in those campaigns. And at the end of it, I ended up writing a, an essay that was carried in newspapers here in Indiana back in 1991. And it was simply entitled, Confessions of a Negative Campaigner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was born of the fact that as a Christian, and I made a decision to put my faith in Christ as a freshman in college back in 1978. But what I did was I reflected on my first two forays into politics, and I, and I found I, in my own judgment, had come up short to what the standards of my faith required. And so I, I, I wrote the essay, which people could probably find online somewhere. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, but it was I, I said that, you know, campaigns ought to be about three things. Uh, number one, they ought to demonstrate the basic human decency of the candidate. <laughs> yeah. that you ought to, you know. I, you, ought to, well, you, ought, you ought to never level a blast at an opponent that you wouldn't be willing to take on your own, which for me, yeah. I love debating ideas. Doug, you and I have known each other for years. Boy, no one likes a good debate between left and right more than me. Sure, exactly. But uh, what I wanted, what I, I challenged myself on was having gotten caught up in a very negative campaign in 1990 against an incumbent Democrat in Congress. I just thought I hadn't lived up to the standard that my faith called me to. Secondly, I, I said, I think campaigns ought to be about ideas that are more important than your election. That candidates ought to use the opportunity of their campaigns to put forward ideas that that can improve the lives of, of the people that you're hoping to serve so that in the event that you aren't successful, you've still advanced the cause of those ideas. You know, I, I think, I think, the incredible contribution that your entire family has made to the cause of educational freedom, to giving parents the ability to choose where their children go to school in Michigan and all over the United States. And there have been efforts to, to seek public office in that, but there's also been a legacy 
uh, of those yeah. efforts that that has inured to the benefit of the movement of educational choice all across the country. And and lastly, I said campaigns can be about winning. I'm I'm a very competitive <laughs> person. My my son, who's a Marine captain, one time said to me, he said, you know, Dad, he said, you're kind of low key, but I always tell people my dad's a lot more competitive than you. <laughs> I like to compete. I mean, I don't sail boats like you, you know, for the America's <laughs> Cup, but I I like getting out there and I like to win. But I think it's all about the order. And so I, you know, I'd use myself as an example. I because by the time uh, our next opportunity came around to run for office, it was 10 years later. Hmm. And Karen and I, our three children had been born and at that time, I can honestly say when we ran in 2000 for Congress, it was a it was a calling yeah. because, frankly, I was I had a good career going in radio and in television here in Indiana. I had three small children at home. We just built our dream house. But we really felt called to step forward to uh, help lead the country after the tumultuous 1990s. And right. and so much that it was discouraged the American people and to be a part of the solutions that could be advanced in our nation's capital. And and uh, so we answered that call. And uh, uh, and that's been the, the driving force of our life ever since, whether it be when we were asked to consider running for governor of Indiana or when that phone rang in summer of 2016 and asked me to join a national ticket. For me, it's, it's, it's always about searching my heart, reflecting in prayer, speaking with my wife and trusted counselors and trying to discern where's God calling us because yeah. we, we can trust his calling. Yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. I, I know when my when my brother ran uh, for governor of the state of Michigan uh, a number of years ago, it was very much uh, 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 he tried to talk about a sense of calling. You know, it, he <laughs> I, th I think he did a good job of trying to go through your list. Uh, you know, unfortunately, yeah. we, we fell we fell short on the on the third one. But I mean, that list as you talk about this basic human dignity, these ideas are 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 are, are this are central to the discussion. And, and then if you do those right, then maybe, you know, if you do those well, then maybe you got a chance to win. It, yes, you know, like I in know. any sporting event, right? You, you got to do the first, you got to do good practice, have a good week of practice before you can play, play the game on the weekend. Well, I'm just fascinated. I, I, I ride on sailboats. I don't sail, but I'm fascinated <laughs> by your the incredible, you ought to do a show sometime on your sailing. But <laughs> a lot of it, it really begins with, you know, having, you know, having integrity in the hull, right? Having a great crew yeah. around you, knowing where you're going, raising the sails of uh, what you believe in high and uh, catching a win. I, I'm, look, I don't believe stand on principle uh, or, uh, or respecting the debate uh, with your opponent and, and treating others the way you want to be treated. I, I think that's actually a pathway. That's a pathway toward long-term success in any yeah. leadership endeavor. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, I we, we've talked in the past. I've, I'm involved with the National Constitution Center, and I, I love many of the debates there because one of the things they talk about a lot. They'll they'll kind of have a debate, and they'll have an audience, and they'll at the end say, "Okay, who changed your mind?" And very few hands will go up. Nobody says, "I really didn't change my mind." But then they'll say, "Well, who has a better understanding of the other side?" And that's when everybody's hand goes up and they say, I have a better understanding. And, yeah. and, and so now maybe I can have a better relationship. I still want to fight for my idea, but uh, I, I have a better understanding. And, and, and how, how do we, 
how do we get there? And, and again, I'll take it out of the political realm a little bit, but it's these are easy traps to fall into in our own personal lives. It's easy mm-hmm. to get mad at our neighbor or be frustrated with a business competitor or or, 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 or somebody who just thinks of something a little different than, than we do. Uh, do you have any thoughts or perspective of how, how we can center ourselves? What are the things we need to do to not fall into that trap? When you talk about your personal experiences, I, I, I'm reminded of another uh, fun, funny saying of, you know, what's the key to success? And they say, good judgment. And they say, well, how do you get good judgment? And they say, experience. And they say, how do you get experience? Bad judgment, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know. So, so maybe you know. How, how do we avoid some of those those pitfalls? Well, I, for me, it, it's it all it all begins on how your day begins. Mm. Uh, you know, for me, as as a Bible believing Christian, taking time in the morning for prayer, uh, for spending some time in the Word, praying with my wife. Um, it it's just uh, it has sustained us. I've you know traveling around the country as vice president. There wasn't a day went by that some American didn't reach out and say to me, "I'm praying for you." Yeah, yeah. and uh, occasionally they'd say things like, "When you know the incoming fire from the media was getting particularly hot, or the latest story of the day that people would say, I 'I don't know how you do it,' and I yeah. say, "Yeah, you do." Yeah, <laughs> and I'd yeah, usually yeah. glance up a little bit and they'd say, right, yeah. got it. And yeah. I, I have to tell you that, you know, th- through uh, through all the years of, uh, and all that we accomplished during the Trump-Pence administration, for me, I that was where I drew my peace, uh, was in that time. And every day that started that way was a better day yeah. um, to be able to go out the door and and to, uh, to have faith uh, that... Uh, that that uh, that he would go with us, and and I truly do believe that uh, that God has blessed America, and who He continues to bless America even in these challenging times in which sure. we live. Sure, sure, and and I, I I love that just the the simplicity, but the importance of starting our day. How does your day start? And, right. and if we're going to avoid some pitfalls, and if we're going to avoid running into a wall, and I. I, I I, I remember being with a, you know, accountability Bible group years ago, and saying, "Yeah, we, it's always easy to to call on prayer after you're really, 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 really in trouble." <laughs> yeah, 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 no, but but to start our day every day and to uh, and, and to get that center and get that guidance and live our faith in that way is uh, is very wise for us. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. Um, well, it's you know, it's really wisdom. interesting, you know, for for a, a people of a. Uh, of the tradition of the Bible, um, it's amazing how many times in the Bible it just says, read the Bible. I mean, yeah, Psalm 1, right. Psalm 19, Psalm 119, all they say is just read it. And uh, years ago, it would it would be after our kids came along that I just started to, to use a one-year Bible. It was something yeah. President George W. Bush and I had in common. I found out during his years in the White House, my years in Congress, that he also used a one-year Bible. And, yeah. Um, and just just uh, spending some time with the encouragement of scriptures in the morning has been an incredible uh, difference maker to me. But it also the 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 rich wisdom to be able to make those decisions. You you've, you've led one of the largest companies uh, in the country, if not 
the wider world, Doug, and uh, got to make those decisions each and every day. And so having yeah. having time to reflect, having time to think about uh, first principles uh, each and every day is it's been an, it's been incredibly sustaining to me in, yeah, in my career. Yeah, pretty important. So let's talk about you. you you've referenced her. Let's talk about how you take those principles into action, how you how you put them into practice. And, and you've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, building good teams, empowering people, yeah. recognizing and rewarding uh, their leadership. Can you can you share with us how you have done that or how you think about doing that, about building good teams in, in that respect and, and uh, some experiences that, that you've had when, when that's worked well? Well, first, I think, uh, you know, there's that old proverb that says, without a vision, the people perish. Yeah. And what's true of a people's is also true of movements. And so for me, it always begins with having a vision for leadership. Where are we going? How are we getting there? And then you build a team around that vision. You know, one of the things I'm, I've been busy about over the last year and a half has been uh, an organization called Advancing American Freedom in Washington, D.C. We assembled many former cabinet members, uh, including Betsy DeVos, who's uh, yeah. been a great contributor to our group. Our promotion of educational freedom, her ideas have been shaping our drive to promote I've, I've heard about choice. her. I think she's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> she's the best. So yeah, she's but one, of the, one of the things that we did, and I've actually got one right here, but I, I wasn't going to grab it, but it's just on my desk, is we actually got all these former cabinet members together and we created what we called a freedom agenda. Yeah. And, and we assembled it with the assistance of some 50 former cabinet members, conservative leaders, and I posed the question to them, I said, can you tell me what you believe were the ideas that animated the conservative movement from Ronald Reagan to Donald Trump? Because I truly do believe that while, while Ronald Reagan was a bigger-than-life personality, uh, uh, President George Herbert Walker Bush and President George W. Bush were, were great leaders in their own time, President Donald Trump uh, was another one of those great leaders and great personalities in public life. At the end of the day, I think what distinguishes the conservative movement is it's it's driven by ideas. We believe that ideas have consequences. And, and as I've been involved in this movement since the days of Ronald Reagan in the White House, I've seen that. And speaking before crowds large and small, it's the ideas that raise the roof. It's the agenda. It's the... Strong national defense, it's uh, uh, traditional moral values, it's less government, less taxes, less regulation, more American energy. Um, and so we put all of that into one place. And to me, getting to your question, you, know, it, you begin with a vision and then you bring people around you who share that vision right. uh, and can help advance that vision. That's when we created Advancing American Freedom. We we brought together a number of members that were on our team in the vice president's office, some people that have been with me much longer than that. Uh, and uh, in, in recent weeks, I've been on Capitol Hill sharing the freedom agenda with members of Congress. I spoke about it at a, at a, at a youth conference in Washington, D.C. that got some notice in the last few weeks. But we're literally traveling the country because I, I think 
while in politics, it's always important to to make the case for your ideas, say what's right about your ideas, what's wrong about the other side's ideas. That's about being the loyal opposition. Doug, I think it's just as important to offer a positive vision uh, and an agenda for the future. And that's what inspired the freedom agenda. But to me, that's really central to your topic today here on Believe is that you, you start with a vision, you articulate that vision, and then you can attract people around it who say, yeah, that's right. That's what I want to be about. That's what I want to be advancing. And for us, it's, you know, it's life and, and liberty and free enterprise and a strong America. Yeah. You, you know, Mr. Vice President, you talk about these things. And for our audience, I want to go back to something else that you talked about with a vision, because sometimes we think a vision means is that we're talking about the country, we're talking about the world, we're talking about these things. But you talked earlier about being a good husband, being a good person, <laughs> being a good father, being a good sibling, whatever the a good, a good child to your parents, whatever the case may be. These are things we can all have a vision for our lives, can't we? I, I, I said it very early. I said, when you talk to me about leadership, I include leading a family. Yeah. Um, uh, I, being a community leader, being a good neighbor, uh, wherever your place of worship, uh, being a part of that community and engaging with people. That's what that, that really is leadership, isn't it, Doug? And, and uh, so I, I want to, yeah. I want to affirm what you just said and, and to say, I, I actually think uh, there is that, there's that old principle that, uh, um, that, that, that leadership really does begin uh, with leading yourself first and, and yeah. leading your family and being the kind of husband and father that I believe my faith calls me to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's important that people don't get scared away or think that, oh, I don't have a vision or, you know, boy, I, I don't think that big. When you're being a good person and taking care of yourself, it seems to me that that's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty important element, uh, you know, taking care of yourself and then taking care of others in the process. That's pretty vital. Uh, well, and I want to encourage everybody to say you can have a vision for yourself. Well, nothing more important. I was asked uh, at a conference Karen and I were speaking at last year out west. They said, um, "They said, what What do you think years from now will be your legacy? Yeah. And I know the way they asked it, they were thinking years as vice president or the record we created, the governor, congressman. And Doug, I paused for a moment and I just glanced at my wife and I said, my legacy? And they said, yeah. And I said, um, Michael, Charlotte, and Audrey. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I, you know, for me, the greatest joy in my life, the greatest sense of uh, satisfaction in my life is to see my children uh, happily married, living their dreams. Uh, my son's a Marine Corps pilot. My, my daughter's a, a published author. Um, and uh, my other daughter is practicing law, having gone to Yale Law School and is, is building a great career. And they all have great marriages and and uh, at least one of them has given us a grandchild. But that's right. More on the way. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, that at the end of the day, that's what's important, isn't it? We all hear the stories and, and we know that... Uh, 
you know, when our time is done here, it's not you know, how how big was our house, how cool was our car, how you know much, how big was the bank account. It's what did I contribute in in this yeah. life, and how have I connected and helped other people do the same? Uh, so well said. Yeah, yeah. And, and so if we go around there, talk a little bit more when we talk about the practice leadership. So we're talking about making a uh, creating that vision and bringing the team together around it. How do how do we how do you then kind of make those decisions beyond it? How do you yeah. how do you think about how should we think about or who could we think about making those good decisions? Whether you know, because that's at the end of the day, as we as we joked earlier, you know, bad judgment, good judgment, and experience. Yeah, how, how you know how do you process information? How do you you know think through some of those things? Uh, maybe from your experience, could you share with us some of those? Uh, you know, those elements as you build the team in a little bit more detail? Well, I, I really love the question. Um, for me, it all begins with understanding that um, uh, a good leader is first a good listener. Hmm. I mean, when, uh, when President uh, Trump tapped me to lead the White House Coronavirus Task Force, we were all reeling as a country. We didn't really have a good understanding of what this virus would mean and what its impact on our country would be. So he had assembled a, a task force in the first month and he made the, what I think was a historic decision to suspend all travel from China before there was a single coronavirus case in this country at the end of January of 2020. But when I was tapped to lead the task force in the end of February, I uh, we had the the health personnel, people from CDC, we had the experts on, but I immediately knew this was would be a wider impact. So I added Secretary of Commerce, Secretary of the Treasury, I added the economic people. I said, we're, we're going to be advising the president in our marshalling a national response. We need the broadest range of counsel. And one of the things that I can tell you, um, I most often said to the group when we would meet literally daily, with the White House Coronavirus Task Force in those early days was um, um, I, I, that, I, that I, I don't believe in dumb questions. Right. I just believe that there's people too proud to ask them. Yeah. So I would, <laughs> I, yeah. I, if people started talking past me, I would say, okay, full stop. Uh, explain to me what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. and, and they would, and I, and, and it allowed me then to get the fullest range of counsel to be able uh, to, to uh, assist in the effort to marshal the resources necessary to uh, reinvent testing from a standing start to uh, see to the development and, and distribution of billions of supplies. And of course, the development of two safe and effective vaccines within just nine months, and a record unheard of in the history of medicine. But I think so much of it was a credit to the, the team that we assembled, but to the fact that, uh, that for me and for the president, we, we were listening carefully uh, to counsel and then making a decision. I think one of the, one of the most dangerous things for a leader uh, is ever to get accustomed to the thought that you're the smartest person in the room. I've, <laughs> I've never been burdened with that thought, Doug. <laughs> uh, 
I've, I've, I've purposed to surround myself always with people that I'm convinced were smarter than me, which uh, some people would tell you is not hard. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think having the humility to listen uh, and to internalize uh, makes you a better leader. And it also it's it's a way that you can build the kind of consensus to move uh, a family forward uh, to repair relationships in a family. It's the way that you can build a small business, a large business like the one that you've run. And it's also, I promise you, it's, it's, uh, it's a pathway to effectiveness in public service. Wow. Wow. So, uh, again, there's so much there with wise counsels, I think, in my life. And I'm sure you have stories of those who mentored me, certainly my my parents and and others, my older siblings, you know, uh, you know business uh, people in business that I worked with, certainly early in my career. Um, when you talk about assembling, you know, that level of counsel, you know, it, it, it's just absolutely vital to be able to hear and listen and and. I, I think, uh, unfortunately, I, I think I've been in a couple categories. I'm in the, certainly I am not in the category of the smartest in the room. I, I'm never in that one. But I, I sometimes I would leave the room and think I should have asked this. I should have asked that. I, mm, sometimes right. I just wasn't curious enough or I was too proud, like you said, to ask the question and to get the clarity and to, and to ask the next question. And, and I think that's just, I'm sure in that, in that work, as you were talking about with coronavirus, you know, there, there's, I can't imagine the, the breadth of the data that you were taking in and evaluating. It was, uh, you know, it was an enormously challenging time. And I, I will tell you, um, I, I will always be proud of what the American people did. Yeah. Uh, in that first year of COVID, the sacrifices people made, the uh, the way that our healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, staff, uh, I was I was speaking today to a, a great friend who runs hardware stores around the country, and I told him, "You need to tell your employees thank you from me for the fact that." They kept their stores open. They kept going to work before we all fully understood what this was yeah. or how dangerous it was or dangerous to who. And, and uh, uh, there, were, there were more star stories than you could count of people that simply stepped up, went above and beyond for their neighbors. It's, it's one of the reasons I like to say only in America yeah. Uh, yeah. would you have seen the kind of response that we saw. And, um, um, and I, I grieve the loss of, of every American life to COVID during our years and since. And, uh, but I just know that, that, um, that because of the ingenuity, the creativity, the generosity, and the selflessness that Americans showed in that time, I, I, know, I know we've saved hundreds of thousands, if not millions of American lives in those early and difficult days. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it's so important when you talk about leadership, the leadership is going to work, showing up that people expressed in themselves. And and we had experience at, at Amway where the teams got together and, and in a short matter of weeks, were making hand, sanitize, hand sanitizer for the local community. They they had Correct. turned it on a dime. And you would talk to the team right. today. It was they were so proud of that accomplishment. And well, they should be. But they were they just jumped in and they did the work necessary. And you're like all oh, the healthcare workers and so many people. And it's easy to uh, to really forget that that level of leadership and that level of contribution, when you talk about being a community leader, you know, when you talk about taking care of your neighbor, 
boy, that was uh, America showed it uh, all over. They did. It was, you know, there were lessons learned along the way, of course, and there's been heartbreak. But I, I honestly believe that um, what the American people accomplished in those early and difficult days will, uh, will, will echo through the years to their, to their great credit. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Vice President, we got a few minutes here and thank you. Thank you so much for your time and being with us. I, I'd love sure. to hear your perspective and, and, and how do you look at American leadership? Now, we, there's a lot of polls that will tell us that, you know, that, that, that you know, the public may or may not be happy with, you know, with the leaders that we have, whether it's you know, local, state, or national levels, um, that there's maybe a, a, a sense of frustration. But you, not only do you have experience with leaders in our country, but you've had experience with leaders in other countries. And, and you've mm -hmm. seen some, some things that maybe we can, we can learn from about how, and, you know, how American leadership impacts the world. Um, you know, and we've got some tough stuff happening in the world. I think of you know, the, the, the war in you know, Ukraine uh, right now and, and what's happening there. Can you talk a little bit and you talk about your agenda for the freedom agenda and advancing American freedom? Uh, and, and we'll get to your book in a second, but in a minute. But how how could we think about, share with us some thoughts or some perspectives of how important American leadership is, not only in our own country, but around the world. Uh, America is the indispensable nation in the free world. Uh, we've, we've all grown up with that phrase, leader of the free world. But what I can tell you is having, uh, having spent time uh, with leaders, whether it be our allies in the Asia Pacific or in in Europe, um, the world looks to the world looks to America, and counts on America uh, to be strong and to be a champion for freedom. Uh, and and it's one of the reasons why I you know I'm spending so much time on the road uh, supporting yeah. candidates on our side. Uh, I I believe these midterm elections, these governors' races around the country, really give us an opportunity for a fresh start on freedom. On, on people that are that are committed uh, to a strong national defense, to strong borders, to to less taxes, to a, a prospering free market economy, to judges that will respect all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution, and of course the profound opportunity that we have to advance the sanctity of life in the laws in every state in this country uh, is truly historic. Uh, but I, I truly think that the challenge we have today is, is we, we've, uh, we've got a great nation full of good and generous people. I, I often think of uh, uh, that prayer that Solomon prayed when, uh, when leadership fell to him. And he prayed a prayer. He, 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 he didn't pray for victory over his opponents. Or he's, he said, give me a discerning heart to distinguish between right and wrong. And then he added, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And I've said many times, Doug, in my years as a governor, as a congressman, and certainly as vice president, I, that America is a great people, good, generous, kind, caring, courageous, uh, uh, freedom-loving. Um, and and, I, and I, I think our goal right now is to have government as good as our people again. 
and, and I believe we will. I, I believe that uh, uh, someday soon uh, we'll, we'll once again have government that, that reflects the, the strength and uh, the goodness and the, and, the, and the dedication to defending our freedom and holding the lamp of freedom high to inspire the world yeah. back where it belongs. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I having traveled around the world, you know, from a business perspective, um, you know, when America isn't leading, that vacuum is felt. And and many markets, as you would talk to you know, government or business leaders in other markets, they would all be kind of waiting for America to demonstrate that you know that that leadership yeah. before they could move forward. And uh, you know, and. It feels like uh, it's it's absolutely vital, like you said. Yeah, indispensable. Yeah, and indispensable. George Washington was called after he passed away. He was called the indispensable man. Yeah. Of, yeah. of the American yeah. Revolution, and he was. But I, I I apply that word to America and the world today. Now with yeah. with war in Eastern Europe, with Russia's unconscionable. Uh, War on Ukraine, with with uh, China continuing to uh, exercise more and menacing military behavior in the Asia Pacific. Uh, now more than ever, we need a strong America that sends a clear and unwavering message. I, I I will tell you that the progress we made for peace in the Middle East during our administration, yeah, um, with the achievement of the Abraham Accords, right, started. Right with America strongly standing with Israel, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital uh, of the state of Israel. And uh, and once we made that clear, and once we demonstrated our commitment to isolate the world's leading state sponsor of of terrorism in Iran, we saw Arab countries coming our way. And Arab countries making peace with Israel. I, I, it, there's a, maybe no better example of the impact of American leadership in our four years than the Abraham Accords. And uh, uh, I couldn't have been more proud to have been part of an administration to achieve that first progress in 25 years. But it began with American strength, America's strong stand with our most cherished ally, Israel, and then opening the door, having an open hand to build relationships with other countries across the region to achieve peace. Yeah. You know, and, and I, as I hear you say that, when you talk about that, it's not about being strong to to overpower somebody else in this case. It's just being strong so people know where you're coming from, know where right. you're standing, and then extending the hand to build a relationship. Yeah, Mr. Vice President, you're, you have a, a, a book coming out here uh, in the next few months. I, I think middle of November, you said, talk to us a little bit about that so we can all be prepared to, uh, to get our own copy and, and hear it in your own words. Well, well, thank you, Doug. We just announced last week that uh, my autobiography, which will be published by Simon & Schuster, will be out just before Thanksgiving. Um, it's entitled, So Help Me God. And um, uh, it, it is an effort on our part to share our story, what it is to grow up in a small business family here in Indiana, to have dreamed of uh, being in public life, to have learned lessons along the way, and then to have been a part of this movement in the Congress uh, as governor of Indiana and ultimately to serve as 48th vice president of the United States. I'm, um, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that the book is available. I hope it's an encouragement to people. And, uh, and ultimately, I, I, uh, I, I, hope it, I hope it honors God in everything that I do. I, I want to tell our story, tell about lessons learned, stands that we took. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I want people to know that I'm incredibly optimistic about the future of this country. And every day, I'm inspired by the American people. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, uh, Mr. Vice President, you there was a, a an example I think at the uh, when you went to see Hamilton in New York, where people may have you know kind of uh, uh, confronted you on issues, and you your comment as I as I understand it was say that's the sound of freedom. People expressing their <laughs> view where you didn't you didn't react or respond. These leaders, you just stood up and. You went back to your values, and, and you've done it. That's one maybe pretty public example. There's so many others, and, and we just can't thank you enough for your leadership example, for how you demonstrate your values, how you live as a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. And uh, so I just, I'm, I'm just grateful for you taking the time uh, to be with us uh, and to share those values with us and uh, to share your thoughts. But we know this is just a taste and, until we can get the book, and then we can really dive in and study it even, even further. Well, Doug DeVos, thank you for the kind words. Uh, my respect for you and admiration uh, for your career and your life and your values is... Uh, uh, is greater still. So yeah. it's an honor to be on with you and congratulations on Believe. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for all of you who's joined us, thank you for being with us. Vice President Mike Pence uh, sharing his wisdom with us and, and incredibly valuable. Thank you again, Mr. Vice President. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all very soon.